the city of Providencialis. Here is tonight's Nations Report with Zoya Fessler. It's the middle of the short work week, Wednesday, April 12, 2023. Here's a look at the news today. April is observed as Child Abuse Prevention Month. Law firm partners with TCI Diabetic Association. Jamaican Burger King employees charged. Easter Monday incident in Grenada. FBI is warning against using public charging stations. We have interviews with Team TCI in sports for the recent Carifta Games and, of course, the weather forecast. Join me for those stories and more. Welcome listeners to RTC 89.1 FM. It's a pleasure to join you on the airwaves once again. I am Soya Fassler. The Department of Social Development and Welfare under the Ministry of Home Affairs, Transportation, Broadcasting, Energy and Utilities and the Telecommunications Commission observes the month of April as child abuse prevention. The department will be embarking on several initiatives throughout the month in its quest to promote zero tolerance of child abuse in the Turks and Caicos Islands. The theme for this year is Thriving Children and Families, Prevention with Purpose. The department is calling on all individuals and organizations to play a role in making the TCI a better place by safeguarding our children from all forms of abuse. Honorable Otis Morris, Minister with Responsibility for Social Development and Welfare, said, quote, The month of April is a time to celebrate the important role that communities play in protecting children and strengthening families. The department will be extending the observance throughout the year, and we are calling for unity, which is essential in building communities and hope. Prevention is always better than intervention or cure, end quote. Everyone's participation in the fight against child abuse is critical. Focusing on ways to connect with families is the best thing that our community can do to strengthen family ties and prevent child abuse and neglect. Research shows that when parents possess protective factors, the risk for neglect and abuse diminish and optimal outcomes for children, youth and families are promoted. Major protective factors include knowledge of parenting, knowledge of child development, parental resilience, social connections and concrete supports. Through this knowledge, families are able to navigate during difficult times to shield them from the many life stresses. And the Department of Environment and Coastal Resources, DECR, is urging members of the public to engage in the CBCL Engineering and Environmental Design Services online survey on climate vulnerabilities. The DECR is working with the consulting firm CBCL to develop a climate vulnerability and adaptive capacity matrix with focus on key social and gender-based vulnerabilities. In addition, CBCL is conducting an environmental and social impact assessment for three coastal protection developments to mitigate any negative social and environmental impacts of the proposed works. These three coastal protection projects are being done in Providencialis, Grand Turk and Salt Key 
As a part of the study, a questionnaire about this work is being circulated to obtain comments and feedback from community members and business owners in the Turks and Caicos. The survey will enable CBCL to better mitigate against any negative environmental and social impacts while also ensuring that the solution is beneficial for users. The DECR said it would greatly appreciate if members of the public could complete the survey and also share with others in the country. The questionnaire link can be obtained on the DECR's social media platforms. Now on World Diabetes Day, the 14th of November 2022, members of the Turks and Caicos Diabetic Association met with leading local law firm Griffiths & Partners to launch an exciting and collaborative two-year partnership. GNP has committed to providing the Diabetic Association with funding and support for ongoing programs, aiming to make a significant difference to educational and patient care support workers in the TCI. The company first held a bake sale to raise funds and then created a Biggest Loser Challenge between firms. Miller Simons O'Sullivan would be the winning team of that challenge, with proceeds going towards the pool of funds for the Diabetic Association. The Diabetic Association does really important work and there's a, it's a huge uh, problem in the Turks and Caicos and the support that the NHIP can give, particularly family members if they have to travel overseas, is pretty limited um, and the association makes uh, every dollar work very, very hard. The Turks and Caicos Islands Diabetic Association was established in 2007 with the aim of assisting those in the TCI who were not able to afford medications, treatments, give an avenue to those who needed support and supplies. Okay, so we try to reach as many diabetics as we can. A lot of diabetics, they don't want anybody to know that they're diabetic. But a lot of them, they run into problems when they have high blood pressure in combination with the diabetes. They have eye problems. They have a lot of kidney problems. A lot of them end up on dialysis because they're not managing their sugar very well. A lot of them are in denial. So they don't really take their medications as they should. Um, we have been um, in the position where we have had to help people buy their insulin and syringes and medications because they didn't have NHIP and they couldn't afford it. So we try to reach out as much as possible. We have our Diabetic Association meeting the first Tuesday of every month. With the assistance of Griffiths and Partners, the Diabetic Association is looking to purchase new and modernized equipment for diabetic patients. Um, we are identifying 20 diabetics. We are hoping that we could get those who are on insulin. There's a button that diabetics wear. This, it has a little needle that goes into the, into the flesh. It is monitored on your phone, okay? And it could tell the graft of the highs and the lows. And it will tell them when they're in danger or if they're okay, how much insulin they need to take or if they need to increase or decrease. So we are identifying 20 of those because it's, I think that is like $200 
$200, either $200 a month or $200 um, twice a month mm -hmm. because the buttons have to be changed every right. two weeks. So we are, we are starting a pilot program okay. to bring those in. Mm -hmm. So most of that money is going to go into right. that program to get that started. Diabetes is a chronic disease that occurs either when the pancreas does not produce enough insulin or when the body cannot effectively use the insulin in which it produces. Insulin is a hormone that regulates blood glucose. Hyperglycemia, also called raised blood glucose or raised blood sugar, is a common effect of uncontrolled diabetes and over time leads to serious damage to many of the body's systems, especially the nerves and blood vessels. Over time, diabetes can damage blood vessels in the heart, eyes, kidneys, and nerves. People with diabetes have a higher risk of health problems, including heart attack, stroke, and kidney failure. Diabetes can cause permanent vision loss by damaging blood vessels in the eyes. Many people with diabetes develop problems with their feet from nerve damage and poor blood flow. This can cause foot ulcers and may lead to amputation. The Ministry of Health, through its primary health care department, recently collaborated with the Diabetic Association in conducting free podiatry clinics across the islands between January 10th through 17th. Visiting podiatrist Dr. Rodney Kander saw a total of 136 patients island-wide with clinics being fully booked during that time frame. He returned to the TCI last week and provided same free diabetic foot care across the islands. And just a reminder, this week, Saturday, April 15th, the Q-Town Farmer's Market will be open from 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Local farmers will be on deck selling various items and plants, and this week's feature is Sapadilla. That wraps up our local news segment. Regional News is up next. Down in Jamaica, officers attached to the Fraud Squad unit have charged five Burger King employees with larceny as a servant, conspiracy to defraud, and engaging in transactions involving criminal property last Wednesday. Four of the five employees were cashiers and one a supervisor from multiple locations. According to the police, between December 2022 and March 2023, the employees reportedly stole an undetermined sum of money from the establishment. A report was made to the police on Sunday, April 2nd, resulting in their arrest on that same day. They are scheduled to appear in the Kingston and St. Andrew Parish courts on Friday, May 12th. Further investigations, including an audit, are being conducted to verify the actual extent of the fraud. And over in Grenada, people who traverse or live close to the ruins of the old Roman Catholic Church in Grenville are thankful that no one was close to the structure on Easter Monday after parts of it collapsed onto the roadway. The old Roman Catholic Church in the parish of St. Andrew had a massive crack in it for years with many believing that it was a disaster waiting to happen. Many Grenadians expressed disappointment on social media that the mid-19th century historical landmark was not restored. 
According to reports, the church was used as a primary school up to 1972, with its cornerstone being laid in 1841. It was decommissioned as a place of worship in 1915. Thankfully, no one was injured during this incident. And the Cayman Turtle Conservation and Education Center is proud to announce that its conservation initiatives have achieved a new milestone with the number of green sea turtles released into the wild by the center since its release programs began back in 1980 has now reached over 36,000 of the species. The center is dedicated to protecting and conserving green sea turtles as well as other native species and their captive breeding program has played an essential role in the recovery of Cayman's wild sea turtle population. In recent years, a Darwin Plus study in collaboration with the University of Barcelona revealed by DNA analysis that a minimum of 90% of Grand Cayman's nesting green sea turtle population shows genetic relationships to the center's breeder turtles. In other words, at least 90% of Cayman's current breeding population originates from turtles that the center has released in prior years. The release of these turtles is a significant milestone for the Conservation and Education Center and comes as the center celebrates its 55th year of operations, having been established in 1968. That wraps up Regional News. World News is up next. Now the FBI is warning the public against using charging stations in malls and at airports. The public charging stations could be a conduit for bad actors to introduce malware onto personal devices. Officials are warning the general public to avoid using free charging stations in airports, hotels or shopping centers. Bad actors have figured out ways to use public USB ports to introduce malware and monitoring software onto devices. Carry your own charger and USB cord and use an electrical outlet instead. A 2021 alert posted by the Federal Communications Commission warned that using a public charger could lead to malicious software on a device without the user's knowledge. Cybersecurity experts have warned that criminals can load the malware onto public USB charging stations to maliciously access electronic devices whilst being charged. Malware installed through a dirty USB port can lock a device or export personal data and passwords directly to the perpetrators. Criminals can then use that information to access online accounts or sell it to others. Now, a former chef who pled guilty in 2018 to a heroin trafficking offense in the United States and was a fugitive for more than four years before being arrested in Jamaica earlier this year was sentenced on Monday to 121 months in federal prison. Devin Bennett, 54 years old, resided in Hawthorne, Los Angeles, California, when he absconded prior to a sentencing hearing in September 2018. After his release from prison, Bennett will be subject to a five-year period of supervised release. Bennett pled guilty in May 2018 to one count of possession with intent to distribute heroin, admitting that he and others used his apartment to package and ship heroin and other drugs through the U.S. mail. 
While free on a $50,000 bond and shortly before his original sentencing hearing in September 2018, Bennett fled the country. Judge Fisher issued an arrest warrant and soon after, an order forfeiting his bond. Since then, Bennett's third-party surety has paid the U.S. more than $40,000 as a result of Bennett's decision to flee from justice. In early February, law enforcement authorities in Jamaica located and arrested Bennett at the request of the United States. Bennett consented to extradition and was subsequently surrendered to the U.S. on March 8. And a pair of Air Jordans worn by Michael Jordan during his final championship run with the Chicago Bulls has sold at auction for $2.2 million, surpassing the record for the most valuable sneakers ever sold, according to the auction house Sotheby's announced on Tuesday. The Air Jordan 13s, which Jordan wore in Game 2 of the 1998 NBA Finals against the Utah Jazz, sold for the highest publicly recorded price for a pair of sneakers. The Air Jordan 13s, also known as the Bread Air Jordans, as a shorthand for the black and red color scheme, were released in May 1998, right in the thick of Jordan's postseason run with the Bulls. According to Sotheby's, the sneakers were among the final public releases of the Air Jordan brand during his career with the Bulls. After losing in Game 1 of the NBA Finals that year, Jordan wore the shoes in the second half of Game 2 and helped the Bulls beat the Jazz at the Delta Center by scoring 37 points. Following the game, he gave the sneakers to a ball boy who maintained the visitor's locker room and signed them as a thank you for his services. Jordan and the Bulls won their sixth championship soon after, and Jordan's final season with the Bulls was known as The Last Dance, and it was also the name of an ESPN documentary chronicling that time period of Jordan's career. The sneakers are also among the most expensive Jordan items ever sold, trailing his game-worn jersey from Game 1 of the semi-final series, which sold for $10.1 million. The sale of the shoes beat out Kanye West's Nike Air Yeezys 1s, which sold for $1.8 million, and Jordan's game-worn Nike Airships, which sold for $1.472 million back in 2021. That wraps up World News Sports is up next. The Games was born in 1972 out of the associated countries which were a part of the Caribbean Free Trade Association, hence the name CARIFTA. The Games were first held in 1972 and consisted of track and field events including sprint races, hurdles, middle distance track, jumping and throwing events, and relays. This year, the 50th CARIFTA Games took place in the Bahamas. Jamaica won the 2023 Games medal table standings, clinching a total of 78 medals, including 40 gold, 22 silver, and 16 bronze. The Bahamas finished second with a total of 46 medals, 10 golds, 13 silvers, and 23 bronzes. And in third place, Trinidad and Tobago secured 25 medals in total, 9 gold, 10 silver, 
and 12 bronze. Out of 21 countries in the medal table, Turks and Caicos placed 16th on the list with three bronze medals coming home, one for shot put, one for discus, and one for the 3,000-meter race. Team TCI returned home Tuesday morning, and this is what our meddling athletes had to say. Um, the objective is always to improve off of your past meet. Um, I would have PB'd at the ISA Boys and Girls Championships in Jamaica the week previous, so the objective was to PB again, and um, based on the information that my coaches gave me, a PB would produce two medals, and that's what we did. And how did you feel overall about your performance in the events? Um, well, as an athlete, you know, I'm always going to be overcritical and say that there were some things that I could have done better. Um, probably could have thrown a little bit further, especially in the shot put. But um, having not done a lot of shot put for the last two months um, and having worked through an injury this last few months and through this championship, um, I couldn't have asked for a better script than two bronze medals. And so do you practice and train um, on a daily basis while you're in Jamaica? Week Six days a week. Six days a week. From Monday to Saturday. Saturdays is early morning, 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Um, Six days a week is a non-stop grind. Um, whether or not you're injured, even if you're injured, it means that you have to go and do physiotherapy every day. Um, everything to get back onto the field, um, get back into competition. And so it's a non-stop grind, six days a week. I'm not known to the 3,000 meters. This is actually my first time running this race in a competitive event. And my mindset going, like, I just wanted to do my best as possible because I didn't want to disappoint anybody back at home. Whilst you were in the race, um, what was what was your mindset in the race? How were you feeling when you had those guys on the side of you, when they passed you, when you passed them? What was it like? Oh, it was intense. Intense pain. And, like, I just had to grind it out because, like, I knew that I worked really hard for this. Training sessions and sun hot. So when I stepped in that stadium while I was racing, all I all I wanted, all I was thinking about was that I had to do my best out here. I couldn't let myself down, and I and I wanted to make myself proud first of all. Coach Christopher Foster gave his views on the athletes' performance and says that we need to host more meets throughout the year. Mo most of them, well, most of them get their personal best. So that's why we ask of them to do their best. Um, the competition was very steep um, I expect uh, I expect them to learn from this experience of course S some of them when the reality hit um, Saturday morning they were in tears but as, as the days goes by they become more relaxed um, some of them weren't prepared physically I think but as I said um, they will learn from this experience and what can we do to improve our athletes' performance? We have we inter-primary finish last week. What we need to do, we need to identify those athletes, um, work with them. Mind some of them will, fall, will drop out along the way, but we can gather a few new ones along the way as well. And this thing about coaches are different sport. Um, for example, basketball don't want the, the athlete to do another sport. That's foolishness. Because children, you cannot, children cannot find their talent at age 14 or 15. They need to do as many sports as possible. Because, for example, in Bahamas, most of, the, most of those javelin throws, they, they play basketball. Whoever threw the ball the furthest 
as a coach, identify them and use them for the javelin. So we, we can take a page from their book and at least copy something from somebody. But we, we as a country, not just the coaches, but everyone that involves parents and everybody need, need to work at the little talent we have because the talent is here. We cannot train from January. Training starts in September, late August. So as I said, from the grassroots level, I, I, I realize the Sports Commission is trying to implement that. They come up with some clubs. Well, there are some clubs around the country. What they need to do is have more competition. Development means we have inter-primary, inter inter-high. We, we can have inter-clubs and we can have different organizations putting on different, different track meets. So, for example, in Jamaica, in January, you have, have track meet every, every week. We are not there as yet, but we can have three or four or even five track meet before Carifta. We are only doing one or two. So when they get there, they, they're green. Congratulations to both athletes for the three bronze medals for Turks and Caicos. The 2024 Carifta Games will be held in the Spice Isle of Grenada, while Trinidad and Tobago will be the hosts in 2025. That decision was taken following the annual Carifta Congress, which was held in the Bahamas on Sunday morning. That was a look at sports weather is up next. Local weather conditions are partly cloudy skies with isolated showers, a 40% chance of rain, highs of 81 degrees and lows of 76. Winds are coming from the east at 5 to 10 miles per hour. And keeping with updates before hurricane season, U.S. private forecaster AccuWeather expects that this year's hurricane season will be near average with 11 to 15 named storms. Of those named storms, 1 to 3 could become major hurricanes with top sustained winds of 111 miles per hour or higher during the season, which runs from June 1st to November 30th. One of the factors in this year's hurricane season being less active is the expected transition to an El Nino weather pattern. According to the forecaster, an El Nino pattern causes the winds at higher levels of the atmosphere to dip southward and deep into the tropics more frequently, resulting in more episodes of vertical wind shear. Other factors that will affect the hurricane season include the warmth of sea surface temperatures, active areas such as the Caribbean Sea and the Gulf of Mexico, and also the strength of the African easterly jet wind pattern. That was today's weather report. Recapping the news for today, April observed as Child Abuse Prevention Month, law firm partners with TCI Diabetic Association, Jamaican Burger King employees charged, Easter Monday incident in Grenada. FBI is warning against using public charging stations. Thank you all so much for tuning in to The Nation Station. If you missed today's presentation, you can always visit our website at www.rtc89fm.com or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store for the news or to listen to your favorite shows. Have a wonderful evening. I am Soya Fassler. Join us again tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.